Welcome to the Multifamily Five, where industry experts provide raw information about how they are achieving success in the current market conditions. And now, your host, Dallas-based real estate broker, Mark Allen. And welcome to the Multifamily Five. It's your host, Mark Allen. Today, I have JC Castillo with Velo Residential. JC, how's it going? Hey, Mark. What's up, man? Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for joining me. Um, I guess we saw each other about a month ago, and and I don't get to see it too often because you're in beautiful, sunny California. Uh, but it was a pleasure seeing you. Well, thanks, and it was so great to be in Dallas. You know, with the pandemic and all, um, it was a little bit uh, few, further and farther between. Uh, but going to that event that you and I both went to and seeing so many good friends, um, I, I just felt motivated when I came back here, ready to get to work. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you're doing some great things. You're doing some new things. So I wanted to bring you on and talk a little bit about property management. Um, you know, you're an owner operator uh, within Dallas Fort Worth and have been for some time. And I think you have a great perspective uh, and I think you're a great business leader. So looking forward to hearing what you have to say today. If you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners, that'd be great. Yeah, um, I'm excited um, with the new company. So uh, the name of the company is uh, Velo Residential. And Velo Residential is a third-party property management company that is uh, chartered to manage uh, uh, multifamily properties for um, owners and and DFW. So um, the name of the game is, is, uh, is operating for profit with our company. And so we know out there that owners are struggling to kind of hit profits these days with Pricing being so high and expenses going up, so um, we've really put together a a, a product offering, a management services offering um, that hopefully will help owners um, uh, make a little bit more money and have a little bit less stress in their life. Yeah, and you've—I don't know if you farmed out management in the past or if you've always been um, an owner operator, self managing your properties. Have I you did. always? I did. I did actually uh, farm out my uh, my multifamily uh, management operations to third party owners um, way back when I first got started. Um, I was an owner uh, before I was a management company, um, and so over the last fifteen years, um, as an owner, we ended up building out our own um, in house uh, management company uh, to manage our own portfolio. Which today it still does. We still have a company that manages our own portfolio, but in the process of doing that. And sort of learning the uh, the management craft and trade, um, we really came up with some really cool innovations. And we, um, I had thought started thinking about this, and thought it'd be really awesome to sort of package everything up that we've learned and turn it into a completely new company that would offer those same sorts of learnings and services to other owners in the form of a completely separate, uh, purely third party based management company. And so. Um, Velo, like Velocity, Velo was sort of formed from that idea, and and Velo Residential now is is actually that sort of um, that that idea coming into fruition. Yeah, that's great. I think it's important that you've seen both sides of the coin, both from the self management aspect and then also third party management aspect. It's it's totally important, and I think it gave me a very good appreciation for just how much effort and work it is to actually build a uh, management company out. And I think that um, you know management companies, be be it be it fair or be it unfair, um, you know they take a lot of brunt of the blame, um, you know for for the success or usually I should say of the failures of the of the property, and rightfully so. But I also really feel like it is a um, it's a very complex and um, and it's a very 
it can be a very difficult business, but also it's actually a very simple business when you think about the the really fundamental things that are super important to making sure that you've got um, you know a good operating profit, uh, profitable property, and also you've got happy um, on-site staff and happy residents. Yeah. So I was actually uh, in the car earlier speaking to one of my clients, and I told them I was interviewing t- uh, you today, and they said they've heard a lot about Bella Residential, and they were curious to know who who is uh, your client? Are they are you managing Class A, B, and C properties? I know your your portfolio is primarily uh, today maybe A and B. Yeah, although you've you've owned probably sixties to now you know two thousands construction. So what kind of properties are you managing? Yeah, so I'm going to speak from the perspective of Velo, but I'm also going to kind of sprinkle in our third, our you know, um, in-house team because we have um, properties that are managed by that as well, and it's all kind of under the same, um, you know, basic formula. We have things that are as new as brand new construction um, that we're currently managing, and we also have things that are definitely C-class uh, properties, and and we have B stuff in between. Um, the model lends itself well to um, to really well to B class product and also I would say um, A minus class product, but C class works just as well. And and um, I think one of the common um, maybe misconceptions out there is that the technology is not necessarily um, implementable at a C class property, um, but actually in reality, and we'll talk about some of those things. We see that C-class residents enjoy just as much as A-class having a lot of the modern conveniences that a really, um, you know, modern uh, forward uh, type of a property management company can provide. So things like, you know, um, paperless applications, things like online payments, things like um, maintenance call centers where you can literally take a picture on your iPhone of your broken toilet bowl and text it to uh, a maintenance text hotline instead of having to log into a portal or having to call a maintenance call center. Um, we've seen that these things have been hugely um, um, favorably um, um, enjoyed by C-class uh, as well as being A-class uh, residents. Okay. And then before we, we get into some of the questions that I conjured up, uh, what do you think your your value proposition is, or what what sets you apart from some of the other third party managers? Yeah, I think we solve that. The major problem that we're looking to solve as a management company is that a lot of owners these days are really struggling to find a management company that is completely lockstep aligned with them in terms of what's the most important thing to their to them and their partners, and that is um, maximizing profitability. Um, at the end of the day, profits are not just good for the owners they're actually good for the residents because when you have a profitable property, the owners can afford to, and for the most part, every owner wants to do this. They can afford to put money back into the property and give that customer experience um, that the residents are looking for so that they'll even maybe stay a little bit longer and maybe even pay a premium to live at the property because it's, it's, a, it's a better experience. And so the, the biggest thing that we're, that we're doing as a company is we are completely focused on profitability and maximizing that. And we can talk about how we do that. But at the end of the day, that's the major problem that we're solving. That's awesome. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. So uh, let's get into this. How has the customer or resident service uh, evolved over the last several years? And then what are you doing in this ever-changing environment to deliver top service for residents? Yeah, I mean the pandemic is such the perfect um just example of 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 how things were already changing but then the pandemic like put 
a rocket booster on that and said, Hey, um, you're either a dinosaur management company or you're, uh, you're basically a, a modern day management company. Um, with the pandemic, what we really saw was with, within the uh, span of a couple months, we saw that the properties were no longer able to support um, things like in-person tours even. So most um, offices were shut down for the first couple months of the pandemic. And so how do you actually tour and show a property or field a, a tour if you can't even have a person walk into the office, right? Um, and so this these are the types of issues that were sort of on the doorstep of every single management company out there within the span of two months. And what happened was, was really interesting. I'll tell you a story just to kind of um, paint the picture for you is um, so, you know, we had a property um, in Arlington and we actually use a technology. It's, it's called Lisa. It's an artificial intelligence bot. And Lisa actually takes every single lead that a, when a prospect calls in and they immediately start uh, chatting over the phone and they are looking to, uh, this technology is going to book a tour with an interested prospect. And they, and it actually offers the ability to do either in person or virtual tours, right? Now, we had this stuff working at our properties even before the pandemic hit. Well, when the pandemic hit, nobody could actually do in person tours, or at least the, the managers were really uh, not comfortable doing them at first. And, the, and also the management companies were worried about the liabilities to doing them. And so we had a property that, that this property was competing with across the street. And we started seeing an uptick in traffic at our property in terms of virtual booked tours and, 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 um, and uh, interaction with the AI bot, the leasing bot. And when we started to look into all the details, we realized that there were people that were literally going across the street to our competitor. And they were basically not able to get into the office. It was completely closed. Nobody was answering phone calls. Um, nobody was really telling them how to actually go see a unit to tour it. And then they turned around and lo and behold, they look over their shoulder and there's another property right there. And the and it was us. And the minute they would call us, they would start interacting with our AI bot and the AI bot would offer virtual tours and they'd be like, yeah, I'll take it. And so we started getting all this extra traffic and we actually realized that it was because the competing property just wasn't prepared to handle um, what the pandemic did to them in terms of in-person um, uh, interaction. Mm -hmm. And we benefited greatly because we were prepared. And so if you think about that from a macro perspective, the lesson there is that um, people um, that were and management companies that were able to adapt and able to change their systems to be a little bit more less reliant on the old-fashioned ways of engaging with their customers, but instead focused on things that are a little bit more modern in terms of touching their customers, I think have benefited greatly um, over the last two years. And it has accelerated a lot of trends that were already happening. And now some of these things have become table stakes. Yeah. And, and almost uh, going back to what you originally said, even for the residents taking pictures of toilets or other maintenance issues and sending them get real-time uh, feedback of what's going on with the resident so you can maybe uh, take care of them quicker. I'm sure that, that definitely helps uh, providing service. It makes a big difference because, uh, Mark, as, as you probably know, um, you know when, when all these owners buy these properties and they spend all these thousands of dollars on upgrading these units and these residents move in 
and they're super tickled pink and happy because they've got brand new granite countertops and stainless steel appliances and backsplash that's new on their, their unit and the colors look great. And then they file a work order two months later and it's a very unpleasant experience. They've got to walk into the office to submit the work order to the manager. Um, and it takes the manager, you know, three or four weeks to close out the work order and it's not done right. And the resident never gets a reply back to try to go in and fix it again. Well, you know, when it comes time to renew that lease in nine months from then, there's a very good probability that that resident may not want to live there because they had such a bad experience. And now you've went and spent all this money to upgrade this unit and you've got to turn it again. And turning a unit will cost you thousands and thousands of dollars in in sunk make-ready costs and time sitting vacant. And had you had a better experience, you might have been able to get that resident to convert for a second year. And that's like putting all kinds of money in your pocket. And so the value of this customer experience is not just you know, for the sake of doing the right thing, which is to make your customer happy. But this actually is a way to operate for more profit. And that is something that we as a company understand very well. Yeah, that's awesome. So I don't have any operating experience, but I learned from listening to to other operators, uh, guys like you. And I understand customer service is very, very important, especially retaining uh, residents, uh, especially when it comes time for renewals. So uh, that's awesome. What what about your staff and your team? So, you know, right now we're kind of facing this inflating wage uh, environment. And it seems like, uh, you know, culture is very important. And uh, and if people aren't happy, I mean, they'll leave for, you know, another 50 cents or, or a dollar per hour um, at the property level. So what are you doing to retain top talent? Uh, not only, you know, maybe in the back office, but, um, you know, or back or front office, but at the property level, too. You know, at the property level is where we're really um, focused right now. And, and, and that's where the battle lines are happening for um, keeping and maintaining great talent. Um, at the end of the day, we actually have a, a pretty unique approach to, um, to on-site staffing. Um, one of the things that we started doing years ago, which we've been working on and we've sort of um, have really embraced, is the idea of um, virtualizing the back office work that the typically that the on-site staff does. Um, when I, what I mean by that is let's take, for example, the simple concept of processing invoices. Um, typically at a management company um, on an on-site uh, staff pro- at a property, the on-site manager is going to actually receive the invoices and enter them into the system. And, um, and what happens there is that that's not really a value creation for the manager because you'd really much rather have them uh, talking to residents, you know, collecting rents, uh, leasing units, all that good stuff. You really don't have any value for them entering invoices. So we virtualize that with virtual humans um, in in uh, low cost areas uh, across the globe, really, and they are trained uh, and centralized with a centralized invoicing system to enter these invoices and get them done faster and quicker than we could do with the onsite staff. And we have the added advantage in that case of taking the work off the onsite manager's plate, which makes them a little less stressed out and not have to do something that's not really creating value for the residents. And so when you talk about um, what we're doing to attract and retain top quality onsite staff, the first thing we have to think of is how do we make their lives better, right? right. Because these onsite staff, they work hard. They are, they are the front lines of your property and they are literally every day out there 
working hard, you know, in some cases getting, you know, nasty phone calls from upset residents or in other cases, you know, working to make a situation good that maybe not didn't start off so great. And if you take their time away from doing all that and you put onto their plate additional stuff that can be farmed out and done virtually, you are making their life miserable. And not acknowledging that is a recipe for a, a turn, a, a, you know, um, a turning door of people coming and going from your property. And that kills the momentum and profitability more than anything. So that's a big piece of it. Um, the other big piece is thinking about the leasing agent. So if you have a 200 unit property, tr- the traditional management setup is to have an office manager and a leasing agent, right? Mm-hmm. Now, a leasing agent fully loaded, and Mark, you'll know this because you underwrite deals all the time, is going to be with employer taxes and medical and uh, and workers comp is going to be right around $50,000 a year fully loaded. And that's if you can find somebody at, let's say, 20 bucks an hour. Um, and by the way, that used to be you know, 16 to 17 an hour, but with, um, you know, the pandemic, the wages are up like crazy. Well, do you really need an on-site leasing agent at that property? Or instead, what we do is we actually give you multiple virtual support people to take the place of that leasing manager and do more functions, for example, invoice processing. Mm-hmm. And we we and we augment that with an artificial intelligence bot that I talked about, which takes the place of fielding all of the initial guest, uh, you know, prospect traffic uh, calls and emails. And so we put that all together. And the only thing that we do at that point is we have the office manager focus on the property tours when the actual prospects get booked to come in and see the units. And we leave everything else to virtual, including like application processing, all the background screening, you know, employment verification. Um, servicing of, you know, following up with work orders when they're done, making sure that the resident is happy if the work order is marked as completed. Basically, we have all of this under under a virtual services center. And we're able to basically do all those services, which help to relieve the on-site staff and do it for a lower cost than that fully loaded um, leasing agent that's costing you 50 grand a year at your property. So we're boosting your profitability by lowering your payroll. Yeah. So just as a range, I mean, what is the typical cost per unit per year for payroll? So um, I'll just, I'll focus on, I'll focus on what the, um, what the comparative pricing would be for the virtual services center. Mm -hmm. So we charge a very simple $12 per unit per month um, for the virtual services center, which eliminates the leasing agent. So, you know, on a 200 unit property, you're probably going to be saving, you know, anywhere's from, you know, five to 10% on your payroll. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very good. Well, let's switch over then to, uh, the resident side. So how do you balance your resident retention and then increasing rents, especially in today where we have, uh, you know, I think the bulk of it is probably in class A properties, but we have double digit rent growth. Um, so how do you balance that today? So how are we increasing rents and how are we managing that? Uh, that's right. And retaining tenants, because like I mentioned before, it's, I, I know, uh, how important it is to retain those residents and, and get them to renew. So you don't have that turnover cost. Yeah. It really depends on where we are in the life cycle of the deal. So if we have an owner that's just coming in and doing a major reposition, mm-hmm. um, and you know, obviously we support with virtuals, uh, with our Velo residential renovation services, we can handle that too. But if we've got an owner coming in 
and they want to do a heavy lift and upgrade units and they want to turn the property over then in those cases, um, we can really see significant rent bumps because as we're turning over the units, um, you know, right now there's a, a huge premium with, um, with new lease ups mm-hmm. over existing, uh, resident lease ups or renewals. Exactly. Um, but if the, if we get to the point where we've stabilized the property, and we've turned it over. That's where we're going to focus a lot more on, uh, you know, keeping the residents in the seats, the butts in the seats, if if you will, sure. and um, and that's where it becomes a lot more critical to make sure that as the residents are renewing their leases, that we're giving them the service level that is going to make them um, or help them to make an easy decision towards renewing their lease. Um, you know, a lot of people mistakenly actually think. Um, and I think it's, it's understandable that people focus on leasing. And then when you hand over the keys, um, to the, to the resident and they move in, the next time that you kind of think about them is 90 days before their lease is up because you want to renew them. But 90 days before their lease is up, you've completely ignored from the time they moved in to the time that the renewal notice goes out. You've ignored nine months of how they're experiencing living at your property. Mm-hmm. So example, have you been checking in with them? when they moved in, did you give them a call and say, Hey, you know, Mrs. Johnson, I know you just moved in. Just wanted to see how things went with your move in. Did, was everything working in the unit? Was there anything we can fix? Um, and if they submit a work order in two months from the time they move in, you know, are you, when the work order is marked as completed, are you giving them a buzz or shooting them a text message and saying, Hey, just wanted to make sure everything was okay with your unit, um, and the work order. And so all these little things that you do in the life cycle of the time that they move in to the time that they renew are all those things are going to be super critical to them, to them renewing your lease um, when the time comes. And no matter how many unicorns and rainbows you put on that renewal notice letter, telling them how great they are and how grateful you are for, to have them as resident, they've already decided to stay or go based on how your experience with how their experience was with you for the first nine months. What made you want to third party manage for other owners? Well, you know, it's, it's, um, it's definitely a, a good question. I get asked that, um, you know, quite often. And the reality is, uh, Mark, that I, I personally believe that now more than ever, um, property management is, a, is becoming a huge difference maker um, as, as uh, it becomes a little bit more difficult to, you know, kind of ride that fine line of, of, of success. And I believe that if you are able to produce, a really good management product and really help these owners um, to increase their profits. I believe that there's an opportunity to make money as a management company doing that. And so I think that moving into this next decade, there's going to be a huge need um, for much more competent and capable management companies. And I believe that those that can do it are going to uh, be able to be very successful and, and build profitable businesses. Yeah. Although the market has really carried a lot of sponsors, I mean, you know, at some point it's going to get tighter and, um, you know, that's where the the operators shine. So we're starting to see that already. It's starting to get tighter and we're starting to see expenses going up like crazy. And, and, and right now rents going up are helping. Um, but, but, you know, that's only if you can continue to find renters that can, uh, you know, maintain being able to pay their rent. So, you know, if you've got, um, you know, renters that are, um, you know, not being able to pay rent, that actually is, is not as beneficial because, you know, they've, they've got to be actually paying rent, not just in the building. Yeah. And I'd like to think, I mean, I've underwritten, 
underwritten a couple of different properties in the last year. And I'd say that the revenue growth has been 20 to 30%, but the, the expenses have really eaten up a lot of that income growth. And um, I mean, specifically taxes and insurance. So, you know, with interest rates dropping, I think that's helped. Obviously, we have really strong rent growth. So values continue to go up. But, um, you know, we'll see what interest rates do over the next two years. But, uh, you know, if if, uh, taxes and insurance and payroll and some of these other expenses are really eating up a lot of some of the revenue. Uh, it's it's going to be really uh, important to execute on on business plans and and uh, achieve those performa uh, income assumptions that uh, sponsors are making up front. You you absolutely got it right there. I hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. So, anyways, it was great to have you on the on the show or the the podcast today, JC. What's the best way for listeners to reach out to you and learn more about uh, Velo Residential and yourself? Sure. Well, if anybody out there is interested in, in talking with Velo Residential about how we can help them uh, you know, operate for more profit at their properties, and they simply need to go to operateforprofit.com, operateforprofit.com. That'll take them right to our Velo Residential website, and they can learn about our services, and they can easily self-schedule, self-schedule a consultation with us uh, where we can talk about how we can easily, um, easily help them out. Awesome. Again, JC, thanks for coming on the show today and look forward to seeing you soon. Awesome, Mark. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.